0: All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and we got another powerful solution-focused episode for you tonight. So I'm very, very excited about this. Uh guess that I've been, uh, you know, I have so many uh, mutual friends and it's, uh, you know, been wanting to connect with this crew for a long time. And so I'm really grateful that we are finally, finally bridging the gap here. So let's see here. Let me, uh so really, real quick, before we get too far into it, I just want to give... uh a shout out here to the ways that you can follow and support the show. Um, the best way is to go over to rebunk.news. That's the main website here. Um, you'll find links to everything related to the show. That'll show you how to uh, follow the show, support the show, and all the various different platforms. But most importantly, sign up for the email list. That way you get notifications about whenever I go live or any announcements or anything like that. You'll see the affiliate links that we'll talk about here in just a sec at the top value for value for value donation options and then the social media so telegram is the best spot, best spot t.me forward slash rebunk news or the chat channel t.me forward slash rebunk chat um so that's all the stuff there you'll see also we're on all podcast players so make sure you're subscribed you, you can listen on the go and if you can have a moment great way to support the show is to hop onto apple podcasts i know out of all of these and you know we're not really big fans of apple but leaving like a five-star review and like a comment, like really helps drive this show in front of new audiences. So if you want to fight back against big tech, you can utilize their platform against them, which I'm a big fan of and uh, push the show out to newer, uh, newer audiences drives the algorithm, like a five-star review and a comment. And if you do, I'll, I'll highlight it. I'll make like a meme about it or I'll post it on my social media. So I'll give you a shout out if you do that. So anyway, um, let's see, moving on. we got the t-shirt shop. T-shirt shop is crushing, right? Oh my gosh. See, this is how good my t-shirt guys are. Like he just, like he, he runs ideas by me. Like a couple weeks ago, he ran this idea or not even like last week. Look at this organized cry Look at this. He, I didn't even know about this shirt. It's just there. It's just there. My t-shirt guys are so good. They just make these, look at that. That's so cool. Organized dude with the, with the state Capitol building. Very timely. January is a uh, state Capitol month. So this is a very timely shirt to wear around. So that's awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan over at big frog t-shirts, dude, he listens to the show. Uh, him and his crew are, are listeners of the show and fans of the show. So, you know, by supporting this T-shirt shop, you're supporting them. This is the, you notice my background's different. So if you want to have the uh, the legendary Beavis, are you threatening me design, you can get that in T-shirt form now. The flag is sitting over there right next to me, uh, but it's no longer part of the background. So the T-shirt shop is just on fire right now. You guys, all kinds of different awesome designs, um, like 16 bucks for a shirt. You can't go wrong. So. Rebunk.news for slash shirts, or again, there's a link at the top of Rebunk.news that'll take you right there, right in the middle there. Um, and then also brought to you by Richard Grove's Autonomy Course, who I just got done taking um, this last year. I am officially a season eight graduate. I learned so much. In fact, I was talking to some of my uh, other business partners about um, how to utilize some of the stuff that I learned. And in fact, I'm going to go back and listen to the lectures again. Like, uh, so it's twelve weeks well, plus a few bonus lectures too. Um, and so in each lecture is like, it's like a grand theft world episode. It's like seven hours, you know, with a, with a Q and two Q and a's a week, so much information. I learned so much that I'm definitely going to be applying to all of the little adventures that I have going on here and, uh, going to start, uh, you know, exponential, hopefully moving exponentially over the next year or so. So if you guys want to check out, see if autonomy is good for you, there's a link in the description. Um, so that's how you support the show. You just click on that link and go through the obstacle course to see if it's, uh, if it's something that you could use in your life, and I could definitely, definitely highly recommend it. So uh, the other affiliate is TruthTRS.com. Uh, TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. You'll find that in the episode description as well, or just go to TruthTRS.com. I built this website, and it takes you, if when you go to order, it takes you to their uh, a store, store. but I built this whole website on top of it. So it's a great way to support the show, man. Um, TRS is a fantastic product. You'll see it in different protocols for like Spike Protein Detox, uh, Zeolite Spray. So this is a Zeolite Spray. So learn more about that there. A quick shout out to the Last American Vagabond Substack. As you guys know, I've been uh, creating content for this. Um, This one right here, Ryan did a really concise, just hammering like six studies in a row. You know, we talk a lot about the damage that the shots are doing. Um, These are six studies that show the ineffectiveness of it. You know, these are like, there's a couple of preprints in there, but for the most part, peer-reviewed studies, you know? So if you have people that are just, you know, that are receptive to this information. This is a great way to sh- shout it out. So, uh, the other quick, just one quick announcement, Landy's waiting so patiently in the green room. Uh, but one more quick announcement, you guys. So tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, the 20th, 9 PM. Eastern time is episode two of the Unjected show. The Unjected show is, uh, you know, it's brought to you by unjected.com, the, uh, unvaccinated dating site with your hosts, uh, Shelby and Heather, who are the founders of unjected.com, And then Zach Brown from the unfit statesman podcast, taking your calls live, right? So it's rockfin.com forward slash Unjected is where the show is going to be streaming with guest host, Dr. Peter McCullough. McCullough is a huge fan of the show already. He's a huge fan of Unjected and he's going to come on and guest host with us tomorrow. So if you want to call in and ask questions or share your crazy dating stories with Dr. McCullough, I'm sure he's going to be in a laid back, relaxed mood. We always see him. He's very academic and very, uh, you know, studious, uh, when he's on camera, but I feel like tomorrow night it's going to be a more kickback, relaxed, fun conversation. So if you guys want to be a part of that, tune in tomorrow, uh, rockfin.com forward slash unjected. Okay, thank you. For, that's all the business. And without further ado, Lanny from the Greener Postures podcast and the world as it is today.
1: Lanny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for bearing with me there in the beginning. I appreciate that. You no know, problem. What it is. So um, anyway, so I want to get into uh, what all the projects you've got going on. Because like, I feel like you're a little like me where it's like, we have all these things in the real world that interest us and then it kind of spills into our, uh, podcasting life. And then it's like, well, one podcast isn't enough. So we're going to do two podcasts. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I can totally relate to that. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about greener postures, the show, what you guys talk about, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just start there.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, greener postures is just the name that uh, my husband and I have given to any of the projects that we're doing that are geared towards the freedom community. So, that first started out with Agora's um, on our property. We were doing like little farmer's markets on our homestead. And then that kind of morphed into what I'm we've been doing online. And my husband, and for those who don't know, is Chud or Chud X from the Deborah Gets Red Pilled and Into the Apocalypse podcast. And we have another podcast called The World As It Is Today, where we talk about like family stuff, raising kids in the, in the world as it is today. And uh, the Greener Postures podcast just started a couple months ago. Mm. That's me bringing what... Um, what I've been doing for the last year, uh, into a podcast form. So I, um, help people learn to do things in their kitchen and on their homestead. So, um, things that we've kind of like used to maybe be like common knowledge that has been forgotten, like fermentation and canning and other forms of food preservation, um, sourdough, like all of that cooking, just, just like how to, you know, support yourself with nourishing foods. And then, um, so that's what I'm talking about on, on the podcast. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's fantastic. So, um, I'm curious. So, so let me, let's just do a little bit of overview here. So yes, you mentioned Deborah gets red pilled, uh, into the apocalypse. Big shout out to Chud. I've never connected with him yet. Quite, you know, I'm funny. I
1: think, I think he's supposed to have been on your show, maybe Trusilla first. And then this one has somehow missed both times. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yep. It's all good though. As, as, as my audience knows, I talk about Deborah gets red pilled all the time and just the, the character study that is that show, you know, just, just, uh, there's so much good, like, uh, Just sociological stuff to be taken from there, like you know. For what I mean? sure, like, I well, just love it yeah. that
1: Deborah's willing to listen yeah. and uh, have the conversation and keep showing up. It's pretty yep. amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah, and Adam Adam's become a good friend.
0: Good, yeah. Adam's definitely a good friend. We text all the time, give each other a heart. You know how he is. We're always yeah. just razzing each other, so yeah. it's like it's it's. He'll text me be like, "Yo, bro," like, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, but I love Adam so much. Love for Adam, dude, and so much love for all the work that uh, you know, him and Chad have been doing. Um, cause it's not easy, you know, and, and, and of course, lots of love for Deborah, man. Like I just, again, have so much respect for her showing up, being willing. And that's the one thing I think we're missing in the world people just like, at least being open-minded just to a have a conversation. Opinion. Yeah. yeah it's, it's inspiring to me even it's like, okay, maybe there is something I'm missing. I'm open to it. But anyway, yeah. anyway, so, uh, so you're in uh, Northwest Washington. So I, mm-hmm. I came from, you know, the same region, Pacific Northwest, baby, you know, that's, that's my I'm born and raised. Yeah. Um I had to make the escape though. But uh ha- have you always lived uh in that area?
1: Yeah, I have. I've okay. I've also, you know, I've moved, tried to do the city thing when I was young and didn't know any better and lived in Seattle for a little bit, but mostly been in uh the town that I'm in in northwest Washington. Okay. And the homestead we live on now is um Chud's family homestead that's been in the family for mm. over a hundred years. So his his family are old settlers and farmers for the area. Uh, farming skipped a generation with his dad who was a computer guy and the farm had been rented and we took this over about three and a half years ago now and have been doing our thing here since then
0: okay perfect so it sounds like chud has uh, a little bit of history like uh when Did you get involved? Well, when did you get involved in it? Have you always had an interest in like a green thumb and then this sort of stuff? No, not at all. Okay. So that's really what I'm curious about. So tell me about your your story and your transition, like out of Babylon, like into this type of lifestyle.
1: Um, So I came from like a real pretty traditional family. I had an Italian mother. So there were some like cooking in the house, but really like uh, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast kind of like TV raises the kids kind of situation. Uh, You know, uh, late 80s, early 90s, riding the bike outside and stuff. So much different than now, but still. Pretty just run of the mill. And my mom was from New Jersey. And but my dad, he's from, well, was born in Oregon and then most of the time spent in Washington. So he hunted and fished and like camping and hiking. So I did a lot of that when I was a kid. So I did have that experience that I think a lot of people that were in my similar situation didn't have. And I think knowing where my food came from um, was important to my father uh in in that way. Maybe not when we went to McDonald's, but with the hunting and fishing and all of that. Um, so I, I had that background. And then as I grew up, I, was, I worked in a restaurant. I worked in a Lebanese restaurant after being in coffee stands for a few years. And that piqued my interest in more understanding. Um, I thought I knew a bit about cooking, but what I was doing is assembling food from products that I bought at the store. Whereas like they were doing some scratch stuff. Like I made tomato sauce from tomatoes for the first time and things and things like that. Right. So I learned how to make spanakopita and falafel and like all this other really good Greek food and Lebanese food at that place. And then moving on, um, still just like drinking a lot and partying, listening to music, going to shows. Uh, and then I meet Chud after things started settling down. I was about 26. Mm-hmm. I think we've been together about 13 years now. And okay, um, so this
0: was like, this would have been like 2010 then, something like around? Then. I think
1: I'm. we met in 09. Yeah. 09? Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And then we got married in 2011. And then we had our first kid in 2013. And he ended up having severe food allergies. When he was about a year and a half, he had an anaphylactic response to peanuts. And if anyone's heard me talk before, I've told the story a lot, but uh, it was scary. Like he's a baby, can't talk yet, head swelling up, ears swollen shut, like eyes swollen shut, projectile vomiting, like, whoa. So we go to the doctor and they say, well, you avoid the top eight allergens and here's an EpiPen. And I was kind of like, well, why, why does this happen? And uh, well, we, we don't know. And there's not only did the doctors not know why food allergies cause that reaction, you know, food that somebody else can eat and have no problem with, but they weren't curious and that really bothered me. Mm. So that really, I, you know, by, by then I had the internet at home and I didn't for a long time. I was a late, late bloomer with the, the technology, but by then I, so I started like just searching stuff and reading medical, you know, um, studies that I would need to like stop reading and then Google the word and mm-hmm. then read a little more and then Google a word. And to, it took me a long time, but trying to figure out like, you know, what causes this? And that really led me to understanding that a lot of the stuff that's in our food is not food and it has not been fed to people of hu- humans for very long. So we don't know a lot about the effects that it could have on a uh, individual or a population. And with having to, um, avoid allergens, um, we couldn't go to the deli and pick something up. We couldn't buy packaged foods. Everything had something in it because it wasn't just peanuts. It was all nuts and it was dairy and eggs as well. So all of a sudden I'm thrown into like really having to cook from scratch at home. And I was home with my kid, you know, um, at that time, like not working. And I just really dove into this home cooking thing and, uh, Part of that was fermentation because I had read some studies out of Australia that were showing a promising um, effects on adding probiotics to a diet of a kid with allergies while also exposing them to very small amounts of the peanut protein. And the probiotics in support of that as well as the desensitization by exposing small amounts where it was actually helping people not have anaphylactic response to their allergens. And I thought that was fascinating, but I couldn't afford the probiotic pills from the Mm. store. So I learned how to make sauerkraut instead.
0: Wow. So, so now today, has he overcome all that or is he less susceptible to anaphylaxis and you still avoid it or? or So he's had,
1: he's had some, um, small reactions to peanuts and not had anaphylaxis. So that's promising to me. Mm-hmm. And he's been able to add back eggs and dairy and several other nuts to his diet. So I, I think that's a win. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's almost like just an inoculation, like a natural inoculation to something.
1: Right? Well, that's yeah, like, your yeah, immune yeah, system yeah. I was confused. They got their wire wires crossed. So sh- showing, supporting the immune system and then showing it that it doesn't have to be afraid, you know, and just little mm-hmm. increments. Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was good stuff.
0: Okay. So this, did this kind of then spur your curiosity into how do we grow our own food? How do we? Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think at that time we were living in this little double wide trailer on Mm. a half an acre and I was home still. And I said, I wanted to have a garden and Chud had had some experience because he, he'd done the organic farming thing for, I think at least a season, maybe two um, using some of his, his grandpa's property on this homestead that we're on now when he was in his 20s, but I'd never grown anything. I grew basil on my counter uh, to make pesto and that was it. So we had, we put in a little four by four square foot garden and I got the square foot gardening book by Mel Bartholomew. And I learned about, you know, oh, you put a seed in the ground and and the next, you know, the phases of the plant's life. And I kind of didn't want to harvest stuff because I wanted to see what would happen. So I watched my stuff, some of my stuff go to seed and, and really started to understand it. Uh, And that was great, but it was such small scale. But what really cracked me open was that idea of the doctors not caring or not being Mm. interested and digging into realizing that, medical industry the government the experts don't really know anything about what they're talking they're 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 telling you what they think and it's 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 not it really broke me open to saying we're being lied to like all the time left and right and if we're not being lied to directly we're being lied to in a way where people are just like yeah 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 we've got it figured out uh we'll handle it don't worry about it and, and you don't have to think about it and people just kind of go through their life and until something bad happens you know so that yeah. made me start to question a lot of other things as well and realize that maybe being more self-sufficient and uh, not supporting the systems that I don't agree with is, is an important thing.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So when did you start to realize that this was like something that you were really, really interested in and then like felt like maybe you would start offering it to others? It like, um, Did that come about with the podcast or have you been trying to uh, educate people around this uh, for a while?
1: So um, I started doing workshops in my home in 2021, beginning of 2021, um, with the groups of people that I had met through, like, Freedom Cells and stuff. Because I I realized that, well, we needed to get together. There were a lot of people, I think, in the Freedom community still that were scared to, like, be getting together indoors at that time, which Mm -hmm. is hard for me to believe, but if I scale back a little bit, so in 2019, we moved to, to our homestead and that's when we decided we were going to do the thing. We got chickens, um, put in a big garden and we were going for it. Then, then 2020 happened and it was like, Whoa, this are they gonna do this? Because we'd have been already like, you know, we knew about event 201 and beforehand. Mm -hmm. So we're watching, are they really gonna do this? Are they gonna pull back like they have before? But no, they really were they were really doing it. And we happened to find out I was pregnant on March 13th of 2020, which was the Friday the 13th that Donald Trump declared a national state of emergency. So in my head, I was like, I have to know how to not have this baby in the hospital. So Mm -hmm. that was became priority. And as I was growing this baby, I really went inward and was protecting my family because I was, you know, I didn't know what was happening out there, uh, how bad lockdown type stuff was going to get if people were going to be knocking on our door. So I just kept practicing the things that made me feel like I had some control, which was cooking and fermenting and baking and all of those things while I grew a baby and then did have a home birth. So that nice. was excellent. So with outside of the medical system for that, um, then we get fast forward again to like, okay, so this is still going on and we're still not able to connect with people in the community. Cause we're in a, you know, you know, Oregon, it's the oh, same, yeah. it was the same thing here in Washington. Mm-hmm. People were really close minded and really scared or what at least virtue signaling with their masks mm-hmm. and and everything. So I f- went on freedom cells in Either late 2020 or early 2021 and I found some people in town that had started a discord group and I got on this discord group and I was cautiously trying to kind of make some connections. And then that's when we decided we would do like the market on our property, Mm -hmm. I thought that would be a good way to bring people out who are still kind of nervous to get together. And it did. But when we had the market, I realized that there weren't very many people making things. There were Mm. there were a lot of people that wanted to sell you a service like we had a chiropractor actually in our yard doing adjustments, which was rad. we had this uh, one lady that's an herbalist and she forges things and makes medicine, which was amazing. But, uh, other than that, there was a lot of people that were so, you know, promoting their businesses and things that they do. And it's like, there's just not as many craftsmen as there used to be. And these would be really, these are really important skills for all of us to have, you know, at least if you don't have it, you know, a guy, right. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, started doing these workshops in my homestead, and then also like friends would invite me to their events and, I was showing people how to do fermentation, primarily first. Um, you know, in the home on on in the homestead kitchen, people get their hands dirty, and you're making sauerkraut with me. You're taking it home, and then I'm following up with you in the next week and two as you watch it develop, and so you understand what's happening in your jar. Uh, and then when we met Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Debugates Red Pilled was through a like a Patreon uh Zoom call for the propaganda report with Monica Perez. Ooh,
0: shout out to Monica, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, she uh, had Adam the Agorist, as she was calling him at the time, right? And mm-hmm. uh, we he heard we were in Washington as we were complaining about blackberry bushes, and he could relate. He messaged me on the side saying he was going to take a trip, right? Um, and come up our way in June, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. But then he actually did. So him and Emily, his wife, came and visited us that June. And Chud and Adam were fast friends. They came Mm -hmm. back again in September for our second Agora. And that was 2021. And then it was shortly after that that Adam invited Chud to come and be his co-host on his show. Uh, And that kind of brought us into the the whole online world. So we eventually made our own podcast. And then I started to do these... um, these workshops. And and it's all because of Adam. I, we wouldn't have gotten online. Whoa. We wouldn't have started podcasting, but it wasn't for meeting him through Monica.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. I love that. Has he told you his story about how he started his podcast involving Truthzilla? No, I'm not sure. Well, it's kind of funny. So he, he so he had messaged me back in the day. Uh This was like early on in Truthzilla. I don't know. I don't know. Like we, but we were, we were, uh you know, we had a good little fair audience or even in the beginning. Cause I think people were just seeking out you know information you know anyway so adam had reached out to me and he was like hey man i uh i got this idea for a show it's called deborah gets red-pilled and i'm basically gonna bring on my blue-pilled cnn loving mother-in-law and we're just gonna red pill the shit out of her and i'm like oh my god that sounds like the greatest show ever like you have to do that and so anyway a couple like whatever next episode we're recording like on the show i was like Adam, if you're listening, you need to get off your ass and start that show. Like I was trying to give him a pep talk, right? <coughs> and uh, he said that he was out in the yard doing yard work and he was like hating life. He was having a shitty day and he heard me say that. And he's like, okay. And he went in and started it. I was like, yes. And so there you go. That's so it's, awesome. And So it's so cool to hear that now he is inspiring and helping bring others into the podcast realm too. So that's so yeah. cool. That's yeah. so cool. Um, so few things here. So I talk about agorism fairly often, but I haven't in a while. So what does agorism mean to you? What would be your interpretation of it?
1: I would say it means um, circumventing the government and the systems by um, creating your own goods and trading with each other. So you're instead of protesting and holding a sign or doing something violent or um, voting your way out of something, you're just with withholding your funds and your energy from the system that you don't agree with. That's, that would be the way I would sum it up in my own words.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Just, uh, building parallel systems, building alternatives, you know, just solutions outside of the system. I've heard it described as like anarchy in action, right? Something yeah, like that. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, no, no rulers, no leaders, no, none of that. But we're, uh, we're, you know what? Oh my gosh, I feel bad. So in the chat, some bot just popped in and like was commenting some stuff and I pressed block on the thing. And then, uh, you know, just posting like, you know, spam stuff. Hmm. And and I pressed it twice on accident. I just blocked somebody that I totally did not oh. need to block. Oh, like, sorry, God, guys. I don't know how to unblock somebody here. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Choir boy. I'm so sorry, man. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'll figure that out later. But maybe I'll go in here and see if there's a block. List. I don't know how
1: you managed to deal with that stuff while you're recording. Like I've at- just
0: got my, I've got like a separate screen here and I can oh, okay, see the cool, chat. Yeah. I can see the chat. I can just glance over and see the chat. If there's any rebel rousers or anything, I can monitor that. But, <laughs> uh, dang dude, that sucks. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Fire oh. boy, I owe you one. So anyway, um, right on. So it seems like, uh, you know, you guys were, sp- completely like like it's almost like divine intervention you know what i mean like it seems like even in 2019 the stage was had been completely set for you guys to embark on this journey you know right before it all happened like it all the universe aligned and you already had these interests and then when the world fell apart you were kind of thrust into this situation and it's just like that's so amazing that like it's almost just had this like natural flow do you feel like I mean, how does that make you feel? do you feel like there's like some you've been chosen for this role or something?
1: well I, I mean Chet has always said something like he's made for the apocalypse like yeah. he, he was like just ready for like the systems to shut down so you don't have to deal with the stuff that drives you crazy anymore you know um, and just deal with the stuff that really matters like feeding yourself and staying yeah. warm enough um, but we even took our our now nine year old who was six at the time and just about to start kindergarten we took him out before he started. Public school. We we took him out of his daycare and preschool and decided to homeschool. Mm -hmm. So we were not sending our kid to any kind of school when everything shut down in 2020, and that was the biggest thing that I thought was such a blessing because if. I mean the, the damage that we did to our little kids at that time and in yeah. the propaganda that he would have been subject to that we wouldn't have had a control over would, would have been astonishing. And instead we're having these really open and honest conversations with this then six year old and now nine year old. And he has this full understanding of what has happened over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And um, he remembers, you know, what it's was like before. And he, he's never had to wear a mask. Like even when it was all masked, we would go to the grocery store without them. And, and it was like always the rule. If someone looks at you, just smile at them because yeah. that's what they can't see when those things are covered. And they, they can't be mad at you when you're a cute little kid smiling at them. So exactly. it was, um, it was, you know, in a way like, Hey, we're already setting out on this path. And this was, it definitely felt like, we were doing the right thing once everything shut down that what else is more important than, you know, feeding yourself in your community and, you know, schooling your kids and having your babies at home and having a family, mm-hmm. all, all of that stuff.
0: Man, that's so awesome. You know, my goal is to, you know, live the type of lifestyle you guys are doing. You know, I, I moved and now I'm living in a city. I'm literally like right in downtown nashville tennessee you know what i mean so i'm in a big city so mm-hmm. but i figured i'd just land here get my bearings kind of figure out a situation maybe figure out what my next moves in life are so i'm all right with where i'm at but i also see the need for for this but in the meantime yeah, like, it's all about networking community just because i yeah. can't do it doesn't mean i can't have little windowsill herbs which i need to probably do but
1: mm-hmm. also we
0: do meetups all the time here too so i'm starting to get to know the other people like-minded people and uh Um, I've tried to tap into the freedom cell community here. It's not as vibrant as it was, like say it out in Oregon, but you know, maybe I could have something to do with maybe helping attract people to that. You know what I mean? Like
1: are, are you uh, involved with like the bears meetups and stuff there?
0: Okay. So that's what I was just going to say. So we have a bear meetup on Saturday and yeah, 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 the bear Taria bear So you guys are all down with bear Taria and everything too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. in the app. Um, Chug is yeah. not much of an internet guy, so he's not, but yeah, I'm greener postures in there and uh, we've okay. gone to one meetup here and met some really, a really great family with some kids and, cool. and we had some met some other folks through like the freedom cells that had I don't think they met us through that. I think some people who mm-hmm. showed up at one of one of our agoras or both um, were also involved. So when we went to the bear meetup, we were like, "Oh, we already know some of these people." It was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I'm. Uh, we, yeah, we have a bear meetup on Saturday. Anybody that's in the greater Tennessee area, uh, for, uh, for Jonathan's Grill in Franklin this Saturday at 4 p.m. Central. So we'll be hanging out. Yeah, there, we've so. got a
1: family that's hosting one. Last, I think last weekend in January in the afternoon. So at their home. Cool. So that'll be cool to go check that out.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So so as I'm as I'm moving out of Babylon, out of uh, the madness, you know what I mean? Like moving towards that. um, What would be your advice to somebody? I guess that would be somebody who is maybe in a similar situation to me, someone who's wanting to move towards like, you know, more, uh, you know, living a more, uh, you know, just kind of a farming type lifestyle. Like what would be your suggestions like in the meantime? Or do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so lots. I think about that a lot. And yeah. that's a lot of what we talk about on the world as it is today, Chet mm-hmm. and I, and mm-hmm. and a lot of what I talk about on the, the Greener Postures podcast as well, because there is, um, you know, start where you're at. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the perfect situation to get started. And the most valuable thing you can have when shit hits the fan is skills. And you can start prepping those skills now. You don't have to have a bunch of yep. room. You don't have to have a spare freezer. You just have to start learning stuff. And for us, like this homestead was once more rural, but now um, as the city has grown over the hundred years that it's been here, we're pretty close to a, a pretty good sized college town. And it's not you know, ideal in a lot of ways, but it's where we landed because this is family property and we're able to have this opportunity. And, um, there's so much history here, you know, for the, I mean, for instance, we have a pear tree on our property that was planted by Chud's great, great grandfather. So my kids, great, great, great grandpa, and we still take pears from that tree and can those. Um, my kid just had, Uh, My kids both had some dried pears from the pear tree like for lunch today. Like it's pretty amazing. So it's ideal in that sense, but not as far as location goes. You you can't, I mean, it's hard to get into a perfect place. You don't need to be off grid to be more self-sufficient. So Mm -hmm. that's what I tell people is, learn stuff now don't wait for the perfect scenario um i i always forget to mention i have a youtube channel uh preserving today is the name of my youtube channel you can find it at youtube.com uh slash at greener postures now okay cool um i have a video on how to spread uh make sprouts you know like salad sprouts um in a mason jar on your counter and you can Mm. do that anywhere you have seeds you get them wet, you leave them and watch them and they grow. Not only do you get to eat fresh sprouts, but you also get to, um, watch that life cycle of that seed. So you're, you're gaining that knowledge for when you are maybe able to have a garden at another time. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's just always something to learn. And that's, I think what I'm trying to bring to the table with my workshops is that if you're interested in in learning to can, um, if you're interested to learning to ferment, I do fermented beverages. I've done a fermented condiments workshop. If you want to learn how to make more from scratch, um, these workshops are geared towards us like the people who think like us talk like Mm -hmm. us who have doubt at what the experts are saying so if you come to my workshop i've done all the work um to study all that stuff that they say and then i've broken it down to my understanding of saying well some of this stuff seems important and other parts of it seem like they're trying to, to make us afraid of our food. You know, some of the food st- safety stuff that's out there, like people think of botulism when they think of home canned goods. Mm-hmm. And why is that? It's it's really rare to have happened. And, and it takes very specific circumstances to grow botulism. So when you understand how to grow botulism, you can understand how to not grow botulism. And then you can safely can your home, home you know, uh, canning at home. Um, and, and I think that, The group of people that I've gotten together for these workshops is really inspiring because they're all from different places and different situations and different skill levels. We come together and we're all learning from each other. And then I've got a telegram group where we all kind of keep in touch and and share what we're working on afterwards, which I think is maybe even more beneficial than the, the workshop itself, just because you can get inspired, you know, kind of keep that momentum going from what other people are doing as well.
0: Great. Awesome. What's your telegram group?
1: Um, that one's private. So that's just oh, for people okay. who oh. take the workshop. Oh, gotcha, so you you gotcha. To, the workshop you people. Got, okay. You, so perfect. You got to take a workshop or be in the membership. And so that's just me vetting you. You pass the test that gotcha. you want to put enough effort in that you're actually going to add something to this group. So we keep it small and it's, uh, it's really valuable.
0: Awesome. So you guys, you see the, there's going to be episode or links in the description. So if you go to greenerpostures.com, you're going to find links to everything, or there's a links to the, her social media down there. Oh, it looks like there's a link to the YouTube there too. There
1: it is. But yeah. is it? You
0: look, look at that, become a member. Is that how people That's sign how up? That's how you
1: can become okay. a member. That's through Patreon, okay. or you can, we can do circumvent Patreon if you cool. just send me a message. Um, right. There's my learn more there about the workshop. So that's a list of all the workshops I have to offer. You can either purchase a playback of a previous workshop, or you can sign up for a live workshop if you can make the date. So the next one coming up is canning, which is just an overview of all things canning. And you're with me in my kitchen and I show you what I'm doing in my space. And that'll be February 26th. That's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, okay. And then following would be March 26th at 3 p.m. Pacific. We're going to do sourdough. So that's amazing. That's, that's a workshop's about two hours. Yeah. You're live. Um, we're all having a conversation. It comes with a book that I've written. That's wow. usually roughly about 30 pages of just like what you need to know to really get going um, as well as some of my recipes. And then you get that access to the telegram group, too. And I'm just charging 40 bucks. That's all I'm asking for for the workshops.
0: That's amazing. That's so cool. So in the autonomy world, we were talking about a little bit about that, our mutual friends over at autonomy, Stephanie, mm-hmm. Joshua Hale, shout out to them. Um, they call those digital assets. And that's a big part mm-hmm. of like, you know, autonomy courses, learning about cultivate, like creating marketing digital assets. And it looks like you're just way ahead of the game on that. I'm just that's winging so cool. it. I'm just winging yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the funny things about autonomy. It's like a lot of the things that I do that I learned about it, it's like, oh, that's something that I do already. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's that. intuitive, but yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't even know that I, I like am a copywriter. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. A graphic yeah. design. Like, I never thought about like making all these thumbnails. I'm like, oh, I guess I am kind of a graphic designer. You are. Or, memes, or, me. or, or, yeah. or memes. You memes, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know what I, mean? Sure. I figured out how to make memes, and now that makes me like a professional graphic designer, I guess, in some sort. Mm-hmm. You're so, going to have
1: to rewrite your resume mm- for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, congratulations on, on just like jumping in and seeing a need, a niche. And, uh, you know, attaching value to that and just giving value. Like, that's awesome. Thank um, you. so, so, so the fermentation thing, I'm curious to know about that. I, I really don't know a whole lot about it. You know, I don't know really my connotation with fermentation is like alcohol, right? Making wine, sure. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like uh, food preservation or other applications, what, what is, uh, tell us a little bit more about fermentation in that regard.
1: Okay, so um, there's lots of ferment- fermented things that you know of, right? We wine, beer, alcohol, um, but salami, uh, cheese, chocolate, yeah. coffee. Um, there's fermentation, sauerkraut, right? Uh, coffee yeah, yeah, okay, and yeah. chocolate, they, they come in this pod and they have to ferment it to get it the bean to be separate from the pod, right? But, uh, so it's something we don't see here. This is done in a faraway land, Mm -hmm. right? I have Mm -hmm. never grown coffee or chocolate here, but I've grown cabbage and it only stays fresh for so long. So to preserve cabbage, you can make it into sauerkraut. So it's, um, fermentation predates recorded history. It's the way people have preserved fresh vegetables for eating during the winter forever. Um, Sauerkraut is literally just cabbage and salt and you you massage that salt into shredded cabbage until it releases some liquid Mm -hmm. and you pack the vegetable under the brine. When something is under the brine, there can be no oxygen. It's an anaerobic environment without oxygen Mm. and mold can only grow where there is oxygen. So if you keep your um, stuff submerged under a brine, then it cannot grow mold. And the process of fermentation is just using the natural bacteria that's available already in our environment and on those uh, vegetables And that transmutes into an acidic environment and botulism cannot grow in an acidic environment. So you have an acidic environment and you have uh, the anaerobic environment and then you can't get mold. You can't get botulism. So you're left with a food that can be left at room temperature, like in a cellar, like a lower room temperature for a year um, it will continue to develop in flavor and texture. So like your sauerkraut will be really good right after you make it and then start Mm -hmm. to get kind of mushy later, but we're lucky to have refrigeration and that slows that way down. So if you put your sauerkraut when it's done, tastes good in the fridge, it stays crunchy. I, I, we have vegetables that we're eating from our garden from last year and even some things that I'm still finishing from the year before that.
0: Whoa, that's amazing. So, so what you're saying is, is you just basically mix cabbage and salt and that's your that's what for like preserves the stuff underneath
1: yeah, so if you massage the salt into the yeah, cabbage and that yeah. makes the cabbage release its liquid, right? Uh-huh. And then this is called the dry salt method of fermentation. Okay. And then you pack that down into a jar and you put some kind of a weight on it so that it'll hold that cabbage from floating up to the surface. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. And then
1: in about 20 days, you have sauerkraut that you're ready to eat. In a couple days, you're gotcha. starting okay. to see bubbles. You see that it releases CO2 when the, the bacteria eats the carbohydrates and it starts mm. to make bubbles and you'll see... Um, It it starts to smell a little sour like vinegar. And yeah, in in about uh, 20 days is my favorite for good crunchy sauerkraut. The same thing for like dill pickles. Those are, um, you know, when you get them shelf stable at the store, those are vinegar pickles and they are made by Mm -hmm. canning heat processing. They're not fermented, Yeah, but real um, pickles are lacto-fermented. Same thing, cucumbers submerged under a brine. So you mix water and salt and you dump it over your pickles. You throw some garlic and dill in there and some pickling spice, weigh that down. Pickles are fast, probably like Mm -hmm. five to seven days you have uh, full sours and you're ready to eat your pickles. And then when you're done, you just take the weight out of there, put a lid on it, put it in the fridge and you're good to go. And if anyone's doing this from home, it does make CO2, meaning you need a lid That is going to vent that CO2 so it doesn't build up like a tiny bomb and want to.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I've seen that they have like certain types of lids for that, right? Like a Mm -hmm. certain specific type of yeah. My favorite, I call
1: them. uh, There's pickle nipples. I call them because Mm, they look like a you know (laughs) like a nipple from a bottle, and it just makes it so that the there you can't get air in, you can't get fruit flies in it, but it'll let the gases out. You can even just use a coffee filter or a towel.
0: Yeah. We better make sure the world economic forum doesn't find out about your, uh, fermentation process. You know what I mean? Because like they they hate their CO2, like, Oh my God, these guys releasing CO2. Okay. So anyway, there's a really
1: um, big crocs that I make. Yeah. They're it's worse than cow farts. I'm sure.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, what can you just ferment anything or is there a criteria for what can or can't?
1: You can do pretty much any vegetable. Um, you can do pretty much any fruit, but when you do fruit, you're working with higher sugar and yeast, likes sugar and mm. yeast and sugar make alcohol. So gotcha. um, you can eat pretty easily get things a little too boozy. If, if that's not what you're gotcha. going for, which it's not, I don't drink here. So yep, it's not what I'm either. going for. Nope. Um, but I like make applesauce. It ferments in like 12 to 24 hours. It makes your applesauce like fizzy, like champagne mm. and it have a real fresh apple flavor. Cause you don't cook it. Um, but it, it's got probiotics. It's like mm-hmm. what everybody is like se- seeking for good gut health. And it's just yeah. all here around us all the time. And it's just waiting for you to kind of like harness it in this perfect environment. Um, so yeah, fruits can be fermented too. And then one of my other workshops that I, I um, offer that is available for playback, but I'm going to do it again live in probably July is fermented beverages. And I go over kombucha and kvass And tapache and herbal root beer and ginger beer, all things that are made by fermentation, carbonated sodas that are made without adding any carbonation, without any synthetic ingredients, without any colors or dyes or corn syrup. You can make uh, really good soda at home and you can adjust that sweetness to your liking so that you keep your sugar low. And it's it's good stuff. You've probably heard of kombucha, but you might not have heard yeah. of some of those other drinks.
0: No, I was just looking at your website and I don't even know what like tepache. Tepache gumi.
1: is, uh, oh. te-pache is oh, made from pineapple and it's actually made from Ooh. the pineapple rind. So you get to eat your pineapple and then make a delicious soda from what's left over that you're going to throw in the garbage. And it's just a fermented pineapple rind. And then you strain it out and you bottle it and wait a couple more days and the bubbles build up. And then you have this Really delicious, like lightly effervescent pineapple soda um, in Mexico. Whoa. They do ferment it a little longer and make it like a beer.
0: Okay. Okay. That's, that's awesome. So Man, yeah, definitely heard of kombucha, but like, and then kvass, is that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: kvass, kvass is, Um, a lot of people know of beet kvass, so you can actually okay. make this with beets, and it's not sweet at all, a little bit salty, and tastes like beets. If you don't like beets, then you're not going to like that soda, but you can also make it with any fruit you could think of, and it's a pretty similar process no matter what fruit you're using It's just, you know, half a cup, fourth a cup to a half a cup of sugar and two pounds of fruit and probably eight cups of water in a gallon jar. And you let it sit until it gets bubbly, strain it, bottle it, let that sit for a couple more days and then move it to your fridge. And so it's all this stuff, too, that we we miss out on, which is like this deferred um, enjoyment, this this deferred pleasure. You have to work for something and yep. then you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor at a later date instead of just like Uber Eats bringing you your oh your Coke yeah. and your burger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, really enjoyable to to get something started and to like watch it develop and you can hear it and smell it and feel it and, and taste it and then you eventually get to have friends over and have like a a strawberry soda that you made out of like the bubbles came from thin air. It's like literally the stuff that's all around us all the time that we can't see.
0: That's amazing. Okay. I'm starting to get the itch here. It's
1: alchemy. It's it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah, It's cool. Especially
0: with stuff you grow yourself, right? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you, you, is that something? So tell me about your grow operation. I mean, yeah. maybe not that grow operation. No, you guys, <laughs> not
1: anymore. Not
0: anymore. Yeah. See me neither. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So wow. it never,
1: okay. I, it never really was big into that, but you know, yeah. uh, the outdoor uh, stuff that we grow here, we have a garden. It's a, it's a good size. Uh, yeah. First we did row crops. Now we have, you know, they're not really raised beds, but they're framed beds that we just use some fallen cedar logs that we had in our forest here um chud cut them up and made me the beds and the sizes i wanted and so we grow you know cabbages beets uh carrots um blueberries raspberries blackberries do their own thing here we got Mm -hmm. plenty of blackberries and stinging nettles, just doing doing that on their own um yeah lettuces and uh beans and corn and peas um some other kind of weird random stuff we got a good strawberry patch that was great last year um tomatoes um And then we have some fruit trees. We've got walnut trees. We've got pear, apple, and two kinds of cherries, like the sour pie cherries and then the good eating cherries. And my goal every year is just to put up as much of that as I can so that we can continue eating our own food for the entire year. And while we're definitely one foot in, one foot out here, I'm, we're going to the grocery store still. A lot yeah. of people confuse homesteading with being off grid. Um, you know, I'm, we're not 100% self-sufficient, make that clear. Um, yeah. But we, we do eat, like, I can see my canning shelf from here because I'm in the basement. And I put up, I, mean, I don't know, 300, 400 cans, jars of our own food this year. And that feels damn good.
0: Yeah. And I think just the whole idea of off grid in general is kind of a misnomer, kind of a a, like even Owen, like Bertaria Owen, like he talks about it all the time. It's like, dude, I spent all my time like farming, homesteading, like getting out of the matrix. I still rely 70 percent like a gas, electricity, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like like my Internet connection, grain for my animal, like everything. Like I'm still like like you can you can put all your effort, resources and energy and money and everything into it. And you're still going to be like 70 percent. Oh totally. On the system, yeah. you know what i mean it's
1: just the way it is now it's like yeah. that i pencil um thing you know mm-hmm. uh it, it, nobody knows how to make a pencil you know the wood comes from one yeah. place lead comes from one yeah. place the eraser and every somebody needed to make the truck that hauls it and the tires yeah. for the truck and it totally. goes on and on and on yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just do as much as we can here yeah. that's the goal and every year i'm doing more because every year i get better at it and i have some new skills and i'm just continuing that on
0: yeah, exactly. And then really, it's the food is really going to be the big one going forward. I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we, the food shortage, it seems like is already here the way I heard it's been described where it's like, you know, there will always be Oreos and mac and cheese and, and uh tricks cereal like on the shelf, but it's like the high quality, uh, high nutrition food that's like, you know, GMO free like that stuff is going to be priced out of a lot of people's uh, ability to acquire you know what I mean and Absolutely. so like so it's a more like a nutritional scarcity more so than it is like actual stuff you can shove down your hamburger tube you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's,
1: it's not only like what is in the food it's what's not in the food yeah so it's like all these additives and stuff that we just kind of glaze over when we look at a package because it's oh it's fortified something's enriched you know what does that actually mean well it means they're adding le- like poison to your food they're adding vitamins and yeah. minerals that are synthetically made they're adding heavy metals they're adding Iron and things that maybe we don't need to have as in high doses like they say we do. Maybe uh, synthetic vitamin D isn't the best way to get your vitamin D. Maybe it's from like a pastured pork because people don't even know. Pigs and animals that are in the sun, their fat contains a really high dose of vitamin D, mm. and so that's what we want. We want animals and we want food that's in its natural environment, doing its natural thing, and then that brings us the nutrients that we get can get from that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we're raising our own chickens. We have eggs, nice. and i I mean, you talked about shortages. There's been four people that I haven't talked to in a year or two that are like, Hey, are you still selling eggs? Cause you know, they're really expensive at the store or I couldn't find them anywhere. And it's like, yeah, no, just for, just for our family through the winter this year. Cause yeah. we don't have, we got about 30 hens right now mm-hmm. and they slowed down when cool. they were molting. Some of them are getting a little older. So we'll, we'll freshen that up in the spring. Um, and this year we also did meat birds. So mm-hmm. we raised uh 20, I think we ended up with about 20 at slaughter time. Um, like Cornish cross meat birds. And that was awesome. Um, but we didn't have a plucker. So we we're hand plucking all those mm-hmm. birds and we, we bought a plucker. So next year we're nice. gonna be just going super fast. And we also hatch our own eggs for raising chickens and we slaughter the roosters. And mm. I use the carcass for making broth and I use the meat for the dog because uh, we don't feed dog food and those roosters nice. are kind of stringy. So it's perfect for the dog. And then you still get really good broth out of them.
0: That's awesome. Good job. Good job. You're utilizing all your resources there. Thank
1: you.
0: So, um, and again, so, you know, food is going to be the means of control, really. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know what I mean? It's that yeah. that's going to be potentially something that really, uh, it's a real bottleneck, you know, something that they could really try to, you know, we saw that a little bit, you know, like, you don't know, need to wear your mask or show your card to go in a grocery store, even mm-hmm. though like, eventually it was like, no, nah, we're not playing that game, dude. Like, I didn't play that yeah. game at all in the grocery stores. You know what I mean? But it's like, no they're setting the stage for something, you know what I mean? And so food independence, whether that's, you know, building relationships with food sources, like farmers, all that stuff. But then the food preservation is just so huge. So fermentation obviously is a huge part of that, but I know we touched on canning. Um, is that kind of the two main ways to preserve like without, like, let's say we don't have access to refrigeration. Let's say we don't have access to, uh, other means of preserving our food Preserve. or, uh, uh, fermentation canning. What else would you recommend as far as that goes?
1: Uh, Well, uh, fermentation canning there's dehydration. Um, there's culturing dairy like cheese making and stuff like Mm. that. Um, when you're aging a cheese, it doesn't have to be refrigerated. You just have to have a place where it's not going to get, um, rodents or flies, you Mm. know? So, um, there's, there's a lot of ancient forms of food preservation that are overlooked. Um, canning is an industrial food process. Canning, yeah. we've only been doing for just over 200 years. Um, yeah. You need special equipment for it. You need to have yeah. uh, canning jars and canning lids. So you can stockpile pile those things and use that while you have it. But really, if shit really hit the fan, no, nothing was ever around, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Gotcha. But I like thinking about it kind of because it's like, well, what would you do You know, if you were – In the wilderness, uh, you would forage as much as you can, but you need to squirrel away what you can. Mm -hmm. But nature is built in with a lot of mechanisms that help us preserve food when it's in its natural state. For Mm. instance, um, dairy, we pasteurize dairy. Raw milk is illegal in a lot of states. Yeah. but those places can still get pet milk to feed to your pets. So just remember, you can still find a farmer selling raw milk for just for your dog,
0: but okay. whatever you
1: do with it, when you get home, you know, that's your own business, right? Ooh, that's a good so that's, tip. That's a little workaround. Uh, look for pet milk. It's not actually that they milked their pets. It's cow's yeah. milk. So, um, I have, uh, pasteurized milk is devoid of all the natural bacteria that comes in milk when it's raw, real from, from the source. And if you leave that milk on your counter, it starts to curdle, it stinks really bad, and it's not good. You can't drink it. But if you leave raw milk on your counter, it turns into something called clabber, which Mm -hmm. is a cultured milk. It's thicker. You can use it like buttermilk for cooking. Um, And then you can use that clabber culture, similar like you would a sourdough starter, where you can just kind of feed it new raw milk, and you can use that to start cheeses. And so cheese is basically what happens to milk when you leave it alone. It's where you you give it certain um, environmental you know help, you know, warm it up, add some rennet, which is just a part of a cow's stomach. and the natural bacteria in that raw milk turns into cheese. So that's what I'm diving into now. It's been a couple of months is cheese making. I have four wheels of cheese aging in my fridge. I just did some Pennier cheese, which is like an Indian type of cheese. That's upstairs now. I think I'm going to do feta next because it's like, I think I need a dairy animal because that would be pretty Mm -hmm. cool. They eat grass. Mm -hmm. They turn that grass into food you can eat. You can't eat the grass, but you can eat their milk. You can eat their meat. So, um, yeah, I think um, dehydrating is another one that people really like. Uh, But, you know, canning and and dehydration done with a dehydrator are modern conveniences, but you can get like different kinds of nets or you can hang herbs to dry them. Um, That's one somebody could do. You could – grow an herb garden in your window and then hang those things up to dry and then save those and have your spice cabinet be full of stuff that you actually grew instead of buying it from the store, you know?
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, Kevin in the chat, he just dropped a little tip there and he says for the algorithm, also lard and dehydrated beef, pemmican. There you go. Yeah. Said Texas, you can get away with raw dairy. So all you Texans. Awesome.
1: Yeah. We have, we're able to get raw dairy here. And then I I do render lard and, and, and tallow, which is beef fat. And, Mm um, is that, is that,
0: is, is what he's saying? Is that like a food preservation, like using lard to like well you can preserve about?
1: that and there's like oh, things okay. called potted meat which okay. are very old and they're risky um so if you die from it i didn't recommend it just yeah exactly. say that but um it's it's basically you just mix um the meat with so much fat that it kind of encases it in it so yeah salt curing meats as well um there's just salted pork was the way we handled our pork and saved it for a long time barrels of pork that's just layered with salt mm. and stuck stuffed in there and What that does is you keep your oxygen away from it and you try to draw moisture out. And and that's how that helps. Um, But just for cooking and other things too, rendering your own fat is excellent. And if you can't grow these things, you know, you can still support local farmers and buy a half or a quarter cow or pig and then ask them for the organs and ask them for the bones for making broth and ask them for the fat. You render your own fat. That's actually the um, extras that I sent out for my membership for January was how to render beef tallow, and then how to make a tallow balm, which is actually a skincare product. You make out oh of wow, beef fat. Nice. Yeah.
0: nice. So what does render fat mean? I don't even know what
1: that. Means. So you you get a fat from an animal that's raw, mm-hmm. and it's like these big pieces of fat and the best is the fat around the kidneys it's called leaf Mm -hmm. fat l-e-a-f leaf fat and then you take that you cut it up into tiny pieces cut off anything bad like uh gristle or um, blood or or any bits of meat and you put that into a crock pot or something with some water and you cook it until it's all melted Mm. and then you strain that out and you wait for that fat to solidify so you can separate the water from the fat And then that's cooking fat. Um, By doing that, you're cooking all the water out. It's just an oil and then it's shelf stable for a year or more.
0: Okay, and you just use that for like cooking? Is that yeah, yeah? yeah. You know, they
1: used to everybody used to use lard before Crisco okay. was invented by Procter wow. and Gamble. Oh, so, God. and that was made with cottonseed oil at the time. It's now soybean oil, but hydrogenated fat was uh. like like Crisco was to replace lard. It was telling people lard and butter was bad for you. If you're going to be a good housewife, you're going to be using this Crisco made out of cottonseed oil, which was a toxic waste from the you know cotton manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. And um, Procter and Gamble figured out how to sell that to people instead they couldn't make a good candle with it they said let's sell it to people for making food and here we are like a hundred years later isn't that insane
0: yeah that's crazy so you hear a lot nowadays about hydrogenated seed oils how that's like the big bad guy right do you know much about like what that is or why that's why it's bad
1: yeah, polyunsaturated fatty acids yeah. are an unstable fat. So mm-hmm. that means that they have. Are, is it basically... all synthetic? Is it
0: all synthetic, or is it is it derived from? Well, like, it's a synthetic
1: process. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't squeeze a um uh, a a seed and get the oil out of it. You need okay. to process it with chemicals, um, oh. to get that to make an oil. And oh. it, it's um it's not something that would be found in nature. But polyunsaturated fatty acids are unstable so that means that they by time you're actually consuming them they're rancid and i i don't know it creates i'm i'm a little over my head but like free True. radicals in the body or whatever
0: oh no too much truth you start talking about unsaturated fats and big tech overlords are like no 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 oh shoot lani let's see there lanny sorry lanny you there copy 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 i don't know if you can hear me i don't know if you can see me but She just dropped out of the mating. Let me just see here. Um, I'll reply to her. So anyway, hopefully you guys are learning a whole bunch here. I'm going to email her real quick. Hey, jump back in. Jump back in if you can. Not sure what's. Not sure if you lost connection. Oh, I'm here. Oh, there Can she you... is. There she is. There yeah. she is. Yes. 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 Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. I just kind of broke off there for a second, but we're good. We're live. We're, we're
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Where was I, Where was I at?
0: Okay. So we were talking. Like you said, you're a little over your head. Uh, the the seed oils are. It's all made by a synthetic chemical yeah. process, yeah, okay. and they're all rotted and ranted
1: rancid oils, right? Yeah. And then also the just the fat structure. There, you have to think like um, there's uh, fat soluble vitamins um, like A, D, and K. Those come in a nice little package from from well cared for animals. Those are not in these seed oils. So it's not only what is in them, but it's what's not in them that affects you as well. But we mm-hmm. used to mostly eat saturated fats, and then there was this campaign over generations to um, tell people that saturated fat causes high cholesterol and, on a heart disease. And that's like one of the biggest psyops ever because wow. those are actually the nutrient-dense fats that can yeah. make you healthy. And they've replaced all of that with both polyunsaturated fats like vegetable seed oils, and um, hydrogenated fats like, like margarine and Crisco.
0: Yeah, dude. It's so evil. They've completely inverted the whole thing, like the old classic food pyramid where it's like, oh, you know, yeah. you're the most important thing to eat is like bread and grains. It's like, oh my god. And then the, the thing that you need to have the least of is like um like is like the, fat and, and yeah. cheese and then dairy exactly. and meat and stuff. It's like, oh my God. And then uh, actually Owen just showed this the other day and I've been trying to find this chart and I I don't know where it's posted at, but uh it was basically they came out with a new guideline about mm-hmm. the, the did you see that like the yes, most I healthy did. and the least healthy yep. foods at the very bottom that the the least hamburger it was like hamburger hamburger,
1: hamburger the second, the second best was freaking kale and then there was like honey nut cheerios, honey nut cheerios, cheerios. Shit was the top. yeah
0: frosted mini wheat <laughs> and stuff like oh, my oh my god it was so like, evil like like eggs and butter eggs and butter are the worst
1: that's like literally beef. that stuff is not food yeah. it's yeah. and then the stuff that yeah. is food yep. uh, we could like see and understand yeah. how to make it yes. and understand how to grow it like that stuff's poison but these products that we create in the lab that you can't understand without the you know help of an expert that's yeah. the really healthy food right
0: that's so evil dude it's so i mean it's so on its face obvious now if you if you have eyes to see it you know i'm sure mm-hmm. most people out there are like oh my gosh frosted miniweeds like their sales just got went way up like it's these are lobbyists right. lobbyists paying off politicians man that's what it is and capturing regulatory agencies that's what it is
1: it's always like every every year there's a new study show that saturated fat and eggs are you know not healthy the next year it's like actually eggs are really good for you the next year is oh the the whites are really good for you oh there's nutrients in the yolk and people just go oh neat and they just kind of like follow that guidance or one of those things will stick and that'll be a fact Uh, they don't actually look into like anything beyond that kind of like five-second news clip or exactly.
0: headline exactly well yeah. i going to let you know that in the chat people are saying great guests scott thanks death to tyrants like every, so thanks, everyone's, guys. everyone's having a good time so excellent um well we're kind of winding down here i, I we didn't even get into like the school, homeschooling the birth oh yeah like birthing mm-hmm. stuff like I'd, I'd love to get into some of that stuff uh maybe we'll have you on next time maybe you and Chud can come on and give us some oh like, that'd be replay. awesome I'd yeah i love to have you both on and you can give us some like parenting schooling all, all like all that side of it. But, yeah. uh, so just as we're winding down, what, what's on your agenda for 2023? Like, do you have any goals that you're working towards achieving, um, whether it's homesteading, podcasting, uh, combination of both, uh, what's your vision for 2023? Like, Oh, and I'll just preface that by saying that, I feel like if you're where you're at and you're doing what you're doing, you can look at the, all the nonsense of the world and you look at it as an opportunity. And this is the way I feel just speaking for myself. Like I see an opportunity. Yeah, sure. I'm living in the city. Yeah, sure. I'm just, you know, still going to the grocery store, but I am trying to practice what I preach. And like, I'm learning skills. I'm acquiring tools. Mm -hmm. I, I do my own little handyman business. So I'm like actively trying to like learn practical ways to be of use to other people like i may not be growing the food but hey if you need help building something like i could be there to help you know i've got tools to yeah. help you know so i'm, I'm available awesome. for that so that's from that's kind of my niche that i'm trying to drive towards love it but yes especially i talk about on the show you know the world's falling apart who knows what's going to happen you know what i mean but i'm in a place where i'm just like so white-pilled these days i'm so hopeful because it's the community it's the it's it's the vision of you know out of out of this collapse is going to be something beautiful. And it's like, if you're actually in action, you're actually doing things, then it's like, like it's all nothing but hope. I'm just curious. Are you in that same spot? Do you oh, do? So do you have a, yeah, see, exactly. Yeah. So, so there you go, guys, like lesson learned is like, just get into action around these things that we're talking about. And if you, if you are like, I almost get cringed out when I hear somebody that's like all black filled and depressed, talk about world economic forum and stuff. And it's like, I love talking about that stuff too, but it's like, okay, what are we gonna do about it? And I just yeah. love hearing and seeing people like you that are in action doing things. And 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 so tell me about your vision for 2023. And uh, like, like the hope that you have for it.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah, the, the, the white pill is there when you start to, kind of, I feel like for me, when I started to align myself more with nature and less with what culture was trying to tell me to do, I felt so much better and everything made sense from like the moon cycles and from the the winter being a place of rest and springtime being rejuvenation. So I'm not setting a, uh, a bunch of like unrealistic goals on January 1st. I'm, you know, I'm just using this time to kind of brainstorm and think and, and talk to people and springtime is is where you plant those seeds, you know, where you really start going. But for me, the membership is the newest thing that I'm working on online. And that is something I'm really pouring myself into trying to make really good content for people so they can see what I'm seeing too, about how easy there's this easy path forward to add more skills and do more for yourself so that you are relying less on systems that you don't agree with the systems that are trying to control us. And the more you can do for yourself, the more you're can feel good about things so that you can move forward and and not be as fearful. And for, for me, the membership has become this idea of having a different theme for every month. So like January was nourishing foods and everything mm. on the podcast is all about nourishing foods and everything in the membership and the videos I'm doing was all about that next month is going to be um, everything canning. So if you're in the membership, uh, there's different tiers. So you can Mm -hmm. look at that on the website. But um, even if you're not in the membership, you can take my canning workshop that's at the end of February, where if you listen to the podcast episodes, it's all going to kind of lead up to this workshop that you can take where you can actually see me doing the thing in my kitchen, where I can like literally answer your questions in real time. And then you can get my handbook on it and then you'll be in that telegram group so as you get started doing things if you have questions or you're not sure you can ask us these people that are actually doing the thing not ask google who is going to tell you to be afraid of your food because you're going to poison mm-hmm. your family so for me m- the membership is is one where we're going to do meat birds again this year i'm learning cheese making and i'm very very excited about that this is fascinating um and i'm i'm planning a big garden again and i've got a two-year-old and a nine-year-old that were you know home Schooling, we've got a co-op that the nine-year-old goes to. It's all really good stuff. But for um, for people online who want want to try to get in on some of this, like just just jump in somewhere, you know. Like check out some of my YouTube videos, see if you're inspired by any of it. And and if you if you want to be a part of this little community that I'm trying to cultivate, like let me know. Like we'll figure it out.
0: That's amazing. Well, it sounds like you guys are crushing as they say. (laughs) So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, So yeah, just one more time. Where can everybody find uh, and follow you guys?
1: Sure. Greenerpostures.com is the website. It's where you can find greenerpostures.com slash membership for all the things membership or slash workshops for the workshops. Um, You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Greener Postures. Preserving Today on YouTube is youtube.com slash at preserving today. And, uh, I think that's about it. Podcast, awesome. the world as it is today should get an honorable right. mention. We've been taking a little break, but we've, we've got a, a year of episodes under our belt and, and Chud and I have a lot of fun just sitting down. If you want to hear married people who actually like each other and like talking, um, that this is, it's a good, it's a good podcast.
0: That's awesome. And Chud's a legend, you guys. So go check out all those shows. Check out Debra Gets Red pill too, man. Mm-hmm, you can't go wrong sure. with that. And, uh, okay, well shoot. Uh, Lanny, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Let's, uh, let's set something up for, I don't know, maybe in spring and then have you and uh Chud back on. You guys can give us an update and all that stuff. So that will be awesome. Love to. Yeah, you guys. Uh, so awesome. Thank you for hanging out in the chat, everybody. You guys are awesome. I'm really sorry for the guy that accidentally got blocked. I'll try and rectify that here. And, uh, so please make sure you, all in the description, you're going to see links to everything that Lanny's doing. Please go follow and support her and, uh, Rebunk.news is the website here. And until next time you guys, no fear, just crush it. Remember, remember that. All right, peace.